please hit the support button located at the bottom of each podcast so I can continue this journey and add on support as well as relevant professionals in the mental health field and individuals that are formerly incarcerated so they can as well share their outlook on different aspects of our lives together. Now, with that, growing up, we moved a lot and I think it was for the purpose of my mother in more of a protective mode and by us moving a lot it, we, we met a lot of people but we had a stable life but not stable living you know so to say if that makes any sense it was we lived stably wherever we were at we um, had everything that we needed in life my mother provided that with her being a single parent and having three men to raise so we tended to move a lot but let me place us from East St. Louis we moved to Madison Illinois and I was in second grade and I was going to Blair Elementary School and Blair is really nice it was um more multicultural East St. Louis was like Rwanda it was nothing probably white outside of the kitchen workers you know if that so this was a totally different type of environment me going to Blair and Blair was I said it was very um, multicultural, and it was a very nice school. My mother taught at that time at a daycare over there in Madison as well. So I went to Blair. My brother went to Blair as well, and then he went to Madison Middle. And I went to Lewis and Bear in Madison. <clears throat> now, the Madison was a very nice, close-knit community. Um, a lot of people knew a lot of people. It wasn't, it wasn't that many um, uh, unknown people in Madison. It wasn't a lot of strangers in Madison. We all spoke. We all had a nice community, you know, outlook. Um, all of the youth, we all hung together. We rode bikes, you know. Me and some of my good friends, uh, Pro, Joe, and so forth, uh, we just hung out, you know, we actually, at that point in my life, I actually lived the life that a kid live. And um, a lot of youth are denied that part of their life where they could actually um, exhibit the fun that a kid exhibits. You know, it's something it's, it, in most married homes where there's a father and a mother and that structure it's uh more of a open door to uh activities and travel and experiences but when it's a single mother home those same activities experiences and so forth cost and if she has three children and she's the only one paying and a sole provider it costs so that would limit it our experiences and our uh vacations and our different you know uh things that we actually you know got to experience in life as a youth and it's unfortunate but that's just how how life is you know it's nothing um i could be mad about because the experience i did have was a great experience as a kid and 
every everybody's life is unique, which we all know. And mine's was as well. You know, I, I lived I lived as a, a regular child all the way up until the age of 13. You know, and with me being in Madison, Madison wasn't really a majorly violent city. It was things that took place during our time that um, you would consider, you know, violence, but it was never majorly violent, you know, at that time. It may have changed over a period, so I can't speak on it now, but oh, at that time, when I was coming up in Madison, we stayed in the Bissell Apartments. And the Bissell Apartments were like new, like new apart, whole apartment complexes slash projects, but yet they were apartment complexes. They were nice. And um, we had a place there. And my mother, um, we had a three-bedroom, really, really nice upstairs, you know, downstairs. It was, it was nice. And it was like a community. Everybody knew everybody within the Bissells. And across the street was the Lee Wright Homes, which they were brick. And they were like more um, considered the... Uh, uh, the little hood hood we were the hood but they was the hood hood if that makes any sense they were a little more gutter than us you know and it makes anybody better than anybody but that's just how we looked at it for some odd damn reason i think they had a little more um uh toughness to them you know than you know on the uh, external factor and we had more of an inner toughness you know we didn't give the outside effect you know you know external factor of toughness uh most people looked at us as nice kids we dress accordingly and we we were very respectful you know we wasn't um really thieving i've never as a youth uh did anything in the norm of thugging i was with the shit to an extent but it wasn't thugging i was with the shit if it was brought my way or um I was introduced to it in some shape, form, or fashion. I wouldn't mind taking place in it. But um, I didn't have a youth upbringing of just bullshit, constant bullshit, and me going to youth centers and, you know, and starting off at a young age, you know, that type of um, pattern. It didn't happen. My mother was more of a disciplinarian, so she would whoop my ass. She would whoop my ass, you know. And I stated before, but I didn't think I'd get to finish that statement, and I was talking about Chicago when we were living there and I was giving an example of how fear played a role in her being a single parent and raising three young men. So she had a knack of talking to us and when she finished talking she'll say huh. and I'm like okay alright shit I see mama you know mama, mama gutsy she, you know what I mean she's serious. So she was talking to me in Chicago and so happened my brother Lauren was up visiting because he was staying with my aunt at the time because he was all-american in football so he was up visiting and he was in the living room and mom was talking to me about something i did some stupid shit i did i don't know what it was but she was going in on me motherfucker this butt butt motherfucker called. she called me all types of good shit and i'm like okay i'm sitting there listening and when she finished talking she said <laughs> and i looked at my brother and said <laughs> she reached with one swift motion grabbed a potpourri pot which old school people know what potpourri pots are they're like little either it could be cast iron or it could be aluminum little pots where people make fresh potpourri to 
make the house smell good where they'll put cinnamon nutmeg and different fruit and stuff like that and boil it and have the house smelling good and one swift motion she grabbed the pop potpourri pot with her hand and smacked me upside my damn head with it i said whoa she said what's funny motherfucker i said nothing <laughs> hit me upside my head instant knot potpourri uh man boiled lemons everything flew every damn where my brother said not looking serious as shit he know not to laugh because she'll go in quick so that was one experience of me you know sharing you know her um ability to uh uh commit violent acts <laughs> as a parent it wasn't abusive you know and some 99 percent of the shit was warranted because we were three men trying to uh three young men trying to be men and trying to get molded from a woman to be a man and uh it seems impossible but she instilled the right things in us as i said as our adulthood we chose to um lead our life you know in the path of fuckery that was our own choice you know but she instilled a lot of very great tools in us as a woman you know that carried over you know with us as men still to this day you know with that being said back in madison the uh, Bissells were, they, like I said, they were nice. We were, they were nice. They were uh, new structured apartment complexes. And my mother, boom, she moved in. We stayed there for some years. We stayed there for some years. I went to uh, Blair. I went to Lewis and Bear. I went to Madison Middle. And we moved to the Balkum Apartments. Okay, Mr. Balkum. He was like a, a, that was like the rich family in Madison, Mr. Barkham. A real, real good older man, owned a lot of stuff, had a store, and which was Barkham's store, and he had the little apartment complex was Barkham. He was ahead of the game, you know, for a, a black man at that time. We were young, but we didn't know. I didn't look at him as being the ultimate entrepreneur in our neighborhood, but actually he was. He was like the shit, but it it didn't dawn on us. It just Mr. Barkham got the store. Mr. Barkham, we stayed in the Barkham apartments, and it really just didn't dawn on us. But my granddad had a relationship with Mr. Barkham. You know, as I said, Big John, he knew a lot of people, and he was well-respected. And um, that's one thing that he stood on, and he said, uh, I don't have a lot of money, but I have a good name, so... Make sure you uh, protect their name. And that's something that we had to stand on, you know. And um, Big John would send us, my granddad would send us with a letter written in our hand and some money to Balkum store. And we get a letter to Mr. Balkum. Mr. Balkum give us some snuff and whatever was on the letter. And we'll get the money and he'll give us back the change and we'll walk back, walk back to that. To that, to the, to the, to the house, you know, and give grandma and granddaddy they snuff. At that time, my grandmother and grandfather was dipping snuff, Garrett snuff, and ironically, that was our family's last name, Garrett. But they would die. I don't, I don't know how it may cross. It would be wonderful if we did have some stock in that shit, but we don't. But um, they dipped snuff, and that was one of the most. I'm more horrible ass sights ever saw in my life as a youth. That shit like a clump of shit, you know, in somebody's lip. And you like, damn, like a turd they spitting out their mouth. And you got a spit cup. And that was like some real, real, like, country shit to me, you know. And 
I, I'm like, wow, what, you know, what did it come from? Was it, you know, uh, they, their parents or how did, you know, how did that shit trickle down? Because we nipped that in the butt and none of us dipped good snuff, period, you know, in generations to past, nor none of our aunts, uncles, or parents. Now, my mother, she smoked cigarettes like a choo-choo train. Now, that's a different factor. She smoked, she's like a chain smoker. She'll run your ass up out the car with the windows roll up. So, you know, that's different. Maybe she picked up that. I don't know. Maybe it's the the uh, the ingest of nicotine in the, in, in the body. But uh, I never picked up cigarette smoker. That was something I despised. Think I need to ban the shit. But that's just my personal opinion. Nothing, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. So don't take it that way. Now to the cigarette smokers, smoke on. But um, Madison helped us learn a sense of community because everybody knew everybody and and people helped people you know people got along it it wasn't a lot of major feuding you know in Madison at that time and you know in, in Venice we even like Madison and Venice is like um uh, a train track separates them which is two small little, little cities but yet it was like a uh a little beef type thing, Madison against Venice. You know how you have the little rivalries, even in basketball. Madison, you know, Trojans against Venice Red Devils. You know, so it was like a it was a rivalry all way around. You know, and it, that would actually probably helped a lot of um, individuals excelled in sports. You know, during that time, you know, and, and got pretty talented playing against each other. You know, I've, as I said before, I've never excelled in any type of sport. You know, I've I've never been an athletic type of individual, but I've, you know, participated in some athletics. I was really a piece of shit. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I tried. I don't think I gave my best effort, but I wouldn't. I was a pipsqueak, so I don't think my best effort could have been, you know, anybody's best, you know, in, 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 in any case. So with that being said, um, I got to uh, Madison Middle and... The next step from Madison Middle is high school. So when Madison, when we got to the Barkham Apartments, our next step was O'Fallon. Now, O'Fallon was like the cream of the crop. That was like the, you know, Scott's Air Force bases in O'Fallon. That was like super multicultured, you know, Asian, blacks, people of all nationalities, African. It was really the bomb. You know, to us, it was like, man, heaven on earth, because we saw different looking girls, Asian, and we all going to school with them. We like, oh bro, they got some bad motherfuckers here. Cause we were like, it was like a blackout in most cases. We had some, you know, white people in Madison that you know came from the Granite City area or, you know, lived in a Madison area that grew grew up with blacks, you know, and they were pretty much adopted to us to we we considered them black. You know, we really never had any racial barriers. We look at them as just being black like us you know they talk like us they act like us you know we really couldn't you know discriminate against them they would they would you know play 
at, you know, sports with us. They would fight with us. They would do whatever, you know. So it was a different type of love, you know. So we had no color barriers. And still to this day, I have no color barrier, you know, to, to people of any nationality. If I got love for you, I got love for you across the board. You know, I'm more of a judge of character. If you have good character, then that's a major quality. If you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit, whether you're rich or poor. You know, that's the title you carry. You're just a piece of shit. It's okay, you know. But, um, that's 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 something different now when we decided to go to O'Fallon it was primarily because of my auntie Matt um was in East St. Louis and she was like they they we got to get these boys about this shit and East St. Louis is like you know that was the hood to the third degree you know and the the things that person you know you witness and you possibly take part in and observe and hear and that type of society is nothing really fruitful that comes from it. If you there too long, if you're ingesting it too long, there's nothing really fruitful come from it. it it's um, it's something that could really plague you or put you in a struggle in life. And you'll live life more in a rat race than thinking how to get ahead in life. You'll be thinking how to get over. And it's two different ways of thinking and um and it's two different ways of actually obtaining you know the things that you're trying to think of getting you know from getting over to um, getting it the right way it's a it's a totally different um mechanism so but east st louis was a place that my mom said we had to get the fuck up out of so we went to madison and that's how our journey from east st louis to madison started as a at a young age now when my aunt moved to O'Fallon, they were like the um, the hood Huxtables because my Uncle Walter, they had a married dad, you know, they had a, a whole family. They had Uncle Walter. Uncle Walter was like our father. He was like my dad. You know, whatever he did to, for the boys, he did for us because we didn't, we never had a father. So me and my brother, Lauren, my uncle, you know, and my granddad, they pretty much um, supplemented what what we didn't have for a father and they actually um helped us you know uh obtain things that 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 a father you know um wasn't around to give they gave you know whether it was prom stuff whether it was prom money whether it was um lunch money whether it was just you know uh, school money whether it was you know college money everything they were there for us when as needed and that was the father figures that we pretty much had that was the father support that we had which was our uncle Walter and our grandfather we had other uncles as well but you know they were all spaced out in different states you know they gave their input you know which was um you know positive at the moment but at the same time you know they weren't around to reinforce any type of positive input you know so we had to live the life that we were given at that time so with my aunt making a major decision to go um, O'Fallon you know next was us because my aunt had the whole clique there we had my aunt had Smiley starting from the youngest to the oldest Smiley we'll give nicknames Smiley Poochie Kitty Chris Mike Tanya Van Randy they had a clan up in that house when they start running up at that house Man, that motherfucker never stop. I was scared sometimes to even go over the house. We was just sitting in the car. I sit in the car. My mama go in the house. 
I sit in the car and lock the door and try to listen to the radio. They tell me, get your ass in the house, boy. I come in the house. I sit on the couch next to my mama auntie because I didn't want to go in the back with the boys. They was renegades. They were with the shit. I was like, oh, these motherfuckers. Man, I'm little too. I'm like, shit, every time I get around them, I end up crying. For what reason? I don't know, but I know it was from fucking pain. It was from shit they did to me. Because they was with the shit. So I was like, man, let me sit on this couch and see how long I can drag this shit out. Hey, boy, get your ass, Monty. Boy, get your ass back there and play with them. Shit. Man, I forgot. It's like I was actually walking a plank when I went back there to play with their ass. My brother Foot was renegade. And told, you know, he was shit. He was one of the oldest. So, you know, he was an influencer. You know, and Foot, he was built like a little bowling ball a little wrecking ball so shit he was built for that shit i went i was like oh my god i gotta go back here soon i get back there i promise you no more than an hour i'm crying like shit they done did a wrestling move on me ddt me and bust my head they done did some shit that was just totally just out of whack and somebody gonna get slapped by my auntie and all that shit gonna all start over again the next week so i was like wow i was like i was scarred from that <laughs> i was just joking but they were my family and they actually looked at it as a way of toughening me up because i was always the smallest i was the youngest so everything was done in order to toughen me up it was done to make me tough it was done you better not cry it was done to take that shit it was done you better not nigga and and it actually worked for all the wrong reasons you know because it it numbed me to certain things um i could take anything from my family you know so that wasn't really the issue but it numbed me to people in society because It had the mindset, if somebody touch you, you need to get that motherfucker, you know, and if you have to hurt that motherfucker, being realistic. And that was the only answer if it popped off. As I said before, we were not taught to be, we weren't taught to be bullies. We were groomed to be aggressive, but not the aggressor, if that makes any sense. Um... We would take on the challenge. We would accept the challenge. We would provoke the motherfucking challenge if it was there and we saw it coming. Hindsight that somebody was actually trying to, you know, see if if something was going to shake. We were the type of people to make something happen. We would actually uh, give an open invitation to that shit. You know, we ain't lose a draw. We ain't give a shit. But in most cases, we're going to win. You know, because that we had that warrior instinct and we, we don't we, we weren't taught to lose like that, you know, and that's not saying we haven't lost, but we just had in our mind we're going to win. I don't know where that confidence came from, but that shit show help, you know, it show help. I can tell you that in that period of time, it show help because you know, you needed that inner confidence to get past all the bad shit. It was straight, you know, tyrants. It was bullies. It was tough people everywhere. You know, we're in an inner city, so everybody feels as though they have a chip on their shoulders. You don't know how everybody's raised in their household. We were raised aggressive, but some people were raised to be the aggressor. We weren't raised to be aggressor. So we would uh, eventually bump heads with individuals like that and their families. And this shit was inevitable when you're raised like that. It just is inevitable. You have different outlooks on life. You have different values. And... We, we value not losing. We value 
not getting beat up. You know, we value keeping the family safe. You know, we value when nobody fucking with us. You know, and sometimes you just got fucked up values. You don't even realize it. You know, and but at that time, those values were values that help you survive. It helps you live. It helps you maintain. So we had to adhere to that. That was the law of the land. You know, so as my mom always say, when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. So in East St. Louis or Madison, we have to be you have to be renegade or whatever it is that fits the situation. We had to step up to it. It's unfortunate in some cases, but it's fortunate in some because it saved us and it molded us to be the men we are today because we respect people to the utmost we respect human beings of all nationalities and colors we respect that and that's something i can say for my whole family across the board we never had a racist bone in our body and that's something you know we stand on and and something i i love my family for as well as myself because that's not in us you know anybody we could help uh whatever it, it don't matter we fought white guys chinese guys black guys we give a fuck but we fought with white guys, Chinese guys. We didn't give a fuck. You know, we got love for you. had love for you. It didn't matter. You are a brother. We fuck with you. That's what it is. And we still by that. still the same. Ain't nothing changed but the weather. Just keeping it real for those who would like to know. You know, whomever is in our circle, in our realm. We got love for you. got love for you. Whether you're white or black, you're our brother. Sister, that's what it is. And we're going to um, cut for you just like we'll cut for anybody else. And that's just how we live. And that's what we stand on. Now, outside of that, getting back to O'Fallon, moving to O'Fallon, we moved there to escape all of the shit that was going on in East St. Louis and the shit that we would soon to be a part of if we stayed any longer or there and Madison as well. Things was growing. Crime was growing, you know, uh, rampantly. Uh, uh, violence was growing. We see it. We, you know, we hear it. You know, our oldest brothers was a part of it. They were, you know, they were in the midst of the shit because they were a lot older than us. You know, we were on the back end of it. So us going to Fallon, that was a move for us to move on up like George and Weezy. Shit, we moving on up. I'm talking, we got a townhouse. My aunt got a, a, a house upstairs, downstairs. Come on. That shit, we would like, this is different for us. We really got out. We This is a change for us. But our mentality is still the fucking same. Everything changed visually. You know, even we became chameleons to the part where we could mesh and dress just to fit in because we were that type of people we were trendy we got in with the style at that time or whatever fit us so we mesh we we, we get in we fit in in o'fallon you know with the whites and the and, and the asians every we there you know the girls the buckets we'd have made our man we'd have made our approach we there now we're here okay so our names start ringing because we were different than the average black family that was from O'Fallon or from Scotts Air Force Base that were um, pretty much came from a different uh, state or city or country, you know, that were implants. We came from Illinois, but with us coming there, we came from East St. Louis. And I don't know if it showed in us and showed in our attitude, but they could see it. 
they was like, these motherfuckers, they ain't those suburban-ass niggas. They different. These motherfuckers different. Really. And it took a couple years for us to really realize how different we was. Because we was on some motherfucking fighting shit. I was like, what the fuck, bro? I thought we got to the suburbs and did more fighting than we did in fucking East St. Louis and Madison. It's like, yeah, damn. What the fuck? This shit really changed. We, my aunt was pissed off because we brought that shit to O'Fallon. We brought the shit with us. And she was mad the motherfucker, uncle. Uncle and aunt. I'm with mad the motherfucker. People getting fights. They going to jail. And I would have to let my brother and cousins expound on this. Now, see, through this journey of the why I did what I did, why I chose to act out the way I did, why my life took that path that I'm trying to share with whomever has an opening ear and whomever it could possibly help. This journey, it actually extends through my family as well. And I would have to get their input in order to make it relevant to people to see the different sides and the different angles that they could give on our upbringing and how it may have played a role in me doing what I did and so many others possibly doing what they did depending on how our lives run a lot of our lives run parallel it, it we, we really have very similar lives and a lot of our acts you know are for similar readings in the inner city and I think a lot of the answers could be the same if we get to the root of it if we get to the root of the problem if we get to the bottom of it opposed to covering things up and not trying to be transparent about your upbringing the things you were exposed to and the things you experience personally because a lot of people don't want to actually talk personally about their family life and the things they were exposed to and experienced and subjected to as a youth and growing up that's kind of forbidden and some people are just right out scared to tell the truth about how they came up because it might scare some people or they may be afraid that it may include some things that that's not acceptable in society or make them look like a bad person like maybe they had some type of sexual abuse you know in their family maybe they had some type of physical abuse in their family some people don't want to engage on topics like that when it comes to your family in a circle especially on a public stage especially openly because that's considered private but in reality that's the only shit that's gonna open the door for healing because people live with that shit and you wonder why individuals harm their self or hurt their self because they're living with things internally that it's hard to fucking digest you've been through things that it's hard to fucking digest you got to regurgitate you got to get that shit up out of you you have to get that shit up out of you in order to start your healing process and it doesn't have to be on a public platform i'm doing it because i know some people are possibly scared or don't have the courage to do it. So 
if it's okay with you, I'll speak for you as well. Because I'm not in a point in my life where I really care what the next motherfucker think about me or how they feel about me. I'm here to help people as well as help myself. Because it's the only way I see me actually feeling better is after I share a lot of shit that I've been through and experienced and try to figure out some of the things myself, which I have no answers, no clue about some of the shit. So with that, I also bring in an individual, Mr. Briggs, Asa. He's uh, in the psychiatric department, Clemson. And he he's in the psychiatric field, which I want to bring in professionals from the mental health field that could actually... Um, Q&A or give some type of insight on what they've listened and, you know, listened to in the podcast and other mental health professionals, please feel free if you're listening to comment, you know, give comments about what you feel would be uh, um, something good to um, to expound on if it could to help more people as well as myself. You know, if you have any experience in this type of uh, mental health situation, whether it's anxiety, whether it's PTSD, whether it's um, whatever, you know, but mental health is a serious thing. And I, I actually um, take interest in it because I'm a part of it. And I was diagnosed with PTSD. So that doesn't only come from the military, it comes from your experience in life as well. And a lot of things, you know, like uh, medication and stuff like that, in some cases, make that situation even worse. So, you know, back to the people I'm trying to get on here. That's why I continue to ask for support. So please hit the support button at the bottom of each broadcast because I want to continue to bring professionals on and people with detail and professional insight opposed to somebody with a good ass idea or a good recommendation or just a good ass thought because it's not relevant when you don't have the experience to actually talk about that from a professional manner in order to help someone you're just really running off at the fucking mouth you know you can give your personal experience but you're giving your personal experience that's not a professional experience your personal experience you got the peas fucked up so with that i want to bring professionals on to actually help me get to the root as well as family and friends i will also include my mother because i want to get answers that no one could give and my mother is living fortunately and I love that she's 81 so I'll be doing that as soon as possible to try to get some insight from her and get the side of my upbringing and what type of child I was in her eyes because with her being a parent and my mother I want her to be non-biased and just be real because this is authentic i don't want her to be politically correct so doing that i'll let y'all know but i can't tell it now it's gonna be recorded because 
she'll be politically correct. She's a school teacher. So I got to be, tell her, look, Bob, how did it happen? And then that's the way she'll give it to me. And it's nothing to be high like I'm doing any um, um, bogus shit to, you know, trick my mother. But I have to get it and give it raw. This is not for me to get any politically correct answer from anybody. You know, I want a raw answer. I want a professional answer. If anything would be the most you'll get on the politically correct side. And that will be somebody that's experienced to give that answer. Outside of that, opinions were open to questions were open to. But please gauge those in the message column so that way we can reply or I can get the professionals to reply to whatever questions that fit because I don't have an answer to everything. Only thing I can do is find answers to my situation and hopefully it helps you find answers to your situations in this journey together. Now, with the O'Fallon movement, I want to end this segment of the podcast because the next podcast, I want to introduce my brother, Lorne, also known as Fuddy. And he has a very good memory, very detailed about our upbringing as well. And I'd like to get his input in the different layers that we've pretty much um, established as adults layers of the onion throughout growing up you know and we want to try to peel through those layers of the onion and he has a better analogy on the layers of the onion and how it played a part each layer in our upbringing and we'll start from the beginning so with that please go to the bottom and hit the support button so i can continue to bring it you know the right way it's no sugar coating you know it is from the heart it's real it's actual factual and this is nothing that i can make up so i look forward to sharing with you in the next one please go to support you know support and um I look forward to helping everybody I can possibly can. And if there's a mother out there, if there's a grandparent out there, there's a father out there that has a question that needs an answer, please feel free to leave a, 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 a message and I will reply as soon as possible, you know, with something that's relevant. If not, I would direct you to somebody that will give you a relevant answer that you need that can help you to the best of, of their ability. And with that, I'll close and I look forward to sharing more very soon.